Welcome to the Process to Ecom Profit Podcast, where we know top-line sales just isn't enough to have the business of your dreams. Learn to run a profitable business online that doesn't run you. Welcome to our show today. Um, to talk to Robin and uh, really learn from her some of the experiences that she's had to go from being a seller to being a coach and also now having an agency. And so, Robin, we, we've got all kinds of good questions for you today. Um, what are some of the mistakes that you've seen people make when it comes to getting uh, their marketing plan together for Amazon? Well, you know, I think that when it comes to marketing on Amazon, there are a couple of things that can kind of get you off on the wrong foot. And the first one is being, you know, not connected to what's really so in your business. So that can be being un- how much time do you really have to set up ads on your own? Uh, we had somebody that came to us for an audit and they had, they turned their Amazon ads on just like an automatic campaign. Then they forgot about it. Uh, $20,000 later they remembered that they had those turned on, um, you know, so it, 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 they didn't build in a structure, you know, you, there's nothing wrong with managing your ads on your own if you have that skill set, but you have to be realistic of how much time do you have to learn this? How much time do you have to implement it? Uh, and, you know, sometimes it can be like, oh, well, it's cheaper for me to just hire this freelancer from India. There's nothing wrong with hiring, hiring that. But if you don't have somebody that has, you know, you've gotten great referrals, you know, you've seen case studies, uh, then you need to be monitoring them a lot closer, um, you know, because you don't necessarily know. It, it is easy for people to misrepresent themselves in the space because there's just not a lot of people who have that level of expertise and, you know, market marketers in general tend to round up and talk big. And so you do have to be really careful about who you hire and what kind of experience they have. Um, you know, the other thing is to make sure you have enough budget to really get traction. One of the things, especially as people are, are, are trying to launch a product on Amazon, the, you know, especially if they're coming from, if they're not a digitally native brand. So they're coming from retail, they already have 50 products and they want to put them all on Amazon. Well, if you know, you've only been given a budget of $5,000 a month, there's no way to successfully launch all of those unless you're a brand like Lego where people are going to buy it up because your brand has so much affinity already. Mm-hmm. So you do need to say, okay, these are the items that have the best profitability. These are the items that are already selling well, that have reviews. We're going to, instead of spreading that $5,000 out, we're going to focus on these smaller number of SKUs. But, you know, you've got to take that a step farther too in knowing that if you're having blue iPhone cases, if that's the thing that you sell, a $5,000 a month budget isn't going to get you, it's going to get you some incremental sales, but it's not going to actually get you to, towards a path of profitability. You're really going to have to look at, you know, how much budget does it take to get me some organic ranking, to get me to the point where I'm not completely reliant on those ads, especially if you're in a competitive niche where the, like the cost per clicks are, uh, you know, or how much you're spending on your ads or you're not monitoring or your agency is not monitoring your voice of the customer and that ASIN gets suspended, you're going to have to take five steps back. You're not starting over. So you want to make sure that the agency is really um, monitoring voice of the customer to make sure that your ASINs don't get suspended. Because if you have run out of inventory or you have an issue where your ASIN gets suspended, you're going to be taking several steps back. 
before you're able to really get to, uh, you know, and, and it can be really demoralizing if you spend all this money on ads to get traction and then you're back, uh, you know, uh, on page two, uh, it, it might be enough to put you over, you know, where your cash runway allows you to get to success. So making sure you really understand those logistics uh, and how they play a role is really, really important. So how can people get more connected with what's important? with what's working and what's not working with their products? Are there some common metrics that they could be monitoring? Yeah, there's a couple of metrics. And, you know, it, as much as you can work, if you're working with an agency or you have somebody on your team, so let's say you've hired Joe and Joe's going to be monitoring your ads or running your ads. Uh, and this is true on and off Amazon. You want to talk ahead of time about what metrics do you expect? So we love it when a client will say, okay, this is, you know, we need the, we need the row in order for it to be profitable. We need the ROAS or we need the A cost to be about this. Uh, and, you know, if we can do better, let's do better, of course. But this would this would be what we find acceptable. Um, but there's a couple metrics that you should be looking at as a team to make sure that you're really monitoring and making sure that you're hitting the right numbers. And the first one is unit session percentage. Unit session percentage is basically your conversion rate on Amazon. And the reason it's important for you to tune into this is sometimes, uh, you know, we actually just a, a couple of weeks ago, we had a client that's like, we really want to push this product. And we took a look at the product and it was not converting well. It was only converting like 2% of traffic. Um, and for the rest of their product mix, we were seeing they were converting anywhere between 18 and 35% of traffic. Mm -hmm. So we can advertise that. But it's converting such a small percentage that it really makes it, it really would really make more sense for us to either advertise those other products if they're just as profitable, or we need to identify what is it that's happening that's causing this product to not convert well. If it's just that the listing needs to be optimized, easy fix, we can do it. If it's because, you know, your product is eight times more than everybody else's and it's pretty much the same quality or you have a lot of other products that are using like the same mold as you. So it's, it's, it's physically pretty much the same product and there's other people that are out advertising you or uh you know that are uh, you know out, have outlisted you uh, in a way that you can't compete with um then it makes sense to really reassess whether the advertising dollars should go towards that product uh, voice of the customer i already mentioned a little bit uh you know if you scale on a product if you scale up on a product that's already not delighting customers so voice of the customer is under performance uh and then it's the voice of the customer and it will tell you how, what your ncx rate is so what's your negative customer experience if you're doing you know very you know low level ads for a product and you're seeing that that ncx rate is high when you advertise you're unless you do something to fix that then more people will have a negative experience that ASIN is going to likely get shut down. Mm -hmm. um, and then you're going to kind of have lost the traction that you've gotten. So you should be looking at the voice of the customer on a weekly basis. Uh, if you if you have really slow moving items, then sometimes we can say every other week. Um, but we really should be at least glancing at that to make sure products have not moved into the fair or poor status on a pretty regular basis. Um, I think everybody knows that they need to watch their ROAS return on ad spend or a cost. They're, they're the same number if you're not as familiar with advertising, but they're upside down. So they're inverses of each other. So they tell it, they, they, they both kind of measure the same numbers, but just in a different way. The math is a little different. Um, but we also want to look at not just what is like the overall return on the ad account, but, you know, what is the ad spend 
uh, what is like the total ad costs, total the tacos, so the total advertising cost of sale on individual products. And how does that, you know, when we look at advertising, sometimes we can say, okay, maybe the ACOS is high, but it's helping us get so much more organic purchases that we can accept that higher, um, you know, the lower return because it's providing that increased uh, organic exposure. Um, And then the thing that's most important is profitability. And we've seen this with people who've come to us from other agencies. um, And, you know, the agency will be like, you are printing money. This is the best thing ever. You've got a five ROAS. Well, it doesn't matter if you have a five ROAS if it's not profitable. Um, You know, of course, that can sometimes mean that maybe you have an item that just doesn't have enough margin and that's something to reassess. And, you know, that's one thing that it gives us an advantage is because we've actually held that physical inventory before. Uh, But, you know, we want to make sure you're looking at a profitability on a regular basis. To be honest, not all of our clients as an agency give us insight into profitability. But when we do have an idea of landed cost, at least, that can help us determine what should we really recommend, um, you know, for, you know, for advertising. Of course, if you're going to give any contractor, agency, company insight and debt information, make sure you spend the time and money to really lock down your NDAs and your non-compete contracts because it is proprietary information and you do need to protect it. One of the things that I've seen over and over, Robin, is um, in working with clients is that they have this big ad spend, but they're I know they're out of um, stock on inventory. Uh, is there some way of things together, together because it seems you know like um, advertising full force when you can't deliver a product is is a little bit of a waste of money. How do you view that? Yes. So if you're going to be running out of stock now, there there's always an exception to the rule. So let's just say that because somebody's going to be like, well, this, this there's always an exception to the rule. But in general, if I can sell my product at full price. Um, or if I can, and and I'm going to have just enough to maintain that through and be not stock out, or I can run advertising and I'll sell out sooner. I'm going to sell the same number of units, whether or not I'm advertising. It's just the velocity that I'm going to send those that sell those. But when I'm advertising them, now I'm cutting into the margin to get the same sales that I would have gotten without the advertising, especially when we know there's a stock out coming, especially with so many supply chain issues right now, that might be the situation you're in. And it makes sense to pull the the advertising back or stop it. Sometimes it means stopping your clippable coupons. And yes, that will mean that when you relaunch, you're probably going to have more ground to take. Um, you know, but it, that's okay because we, we have a little bit more margin that, that you've been able to stock up for those ads. And if you run, if you, if you, you're ramping up this, if the advertising and you run out of stock and then you're out of stock for three months, that advertising is not going to give you a lift by the, by the time you restock, it's not going to have that lift there for you anyway. So we, if you're out of, if you know, you're going to run out of stock. Our, our perspective is we want to cut back, pull back on the advertising, pull back on discounts. Um, you know, because we don't want to give away that extra margin. Um, so you, you, and you want to think about the overall return and how that ad spend is working into a larger strategy. Uh, and that should be able to be articulated by whoever's running your ads, um, you know, unless they're just dumping it into an AI software, which usually means they don't really have that. They're just kind of running to get the ROAS. Yeah. Um, and it, it's almost like a sit it and forget it type of thing, which can um... 
just not be uh, mindful of the, the nuances of what's really going on with the boots on the ground with the business. Well, when you get a new client that has worked with an agency but is not getting results, what are some of the issues that you see? What, what comes your way after a client has, has been working with an agency? So sometimes it's the agency only did ads and so they never optimized the listings. So, you know, when we talked about unit session percentage and conversion rates, so it might be that they were advertising a listing that wasn't converting. So it, it, you can keep driving traffic, but it, that doesn't change the conversion rate. Um, so it, it didn't actually get that conversion. Um, you know, the other big thing that we see is the ads were not structured properly. Sometimes what works with ads at this level, you know, at a lower spend doesn't translate to a higher spend if this, if the structure was not set up. Uh, and there, there's been a lot more talk about this in the communities that I don't feel like I need to hammer on it so much, but especially like, let's say you have uh, purses in red, green, and blue. At a small level, you could probably get away with putting them in an automatic campaign, focusing on the brand name and, you know, maybe like the body uh, style of the person, you would be okay. But as you expand, there's going to be times where you're advertising the red purse on the blue keywords, and that's not going to convert well. Um, so what you, you know, you have to make sure that everything's set up so that as your ads are able to grow, you're able to really identify and turn on and turn off individual words or keyword phrases for the products that are doing well. Um, and when you have a poorly structured campaign, it can it can mask and make you look your campaign look like it's overall really running well, but there's like a big leaking term that's wasting a lot of money. Uh, and then it can also make it look like, oh, the advertising isn't working. We're just going to shut it all down. Uh, and we get in there and we say like, well, you know, 50% of your ad budget was going to keywords that it doesn't make sense for you to even be bidding on. Or they're too broad. They don't apply to your product. Um, so if we just restructured the ads, then we could get more traction. And, you know, because there are some keyword phrases that were performing really well if we just isolated those. Um, you know, we had a company that came to us. They were working with an agency. I think they'd actually worked with a couple agencies before. And um, they were a large company in every Home Depot and Lowe's. They were a well-known product, um, but they were not getting sales on Amazon. Um, we started by, there were a couple listings that just needed some tweaks in the language. Uh, you know, they didn't even have us re redo a lot of the images. We just made some tweaks to the listings uh, to help increase conversion, make sure that everybody knew what they needed in order to make those purchases. And then we restructured the ads and really focused on starting with some longer tail items and really focusing on branded. And we, we, were, we were focused on trying to get their products to the top of page because there were a lot of similar kind of copycat products that were actually inferior that were kind of above them. And so by moving them, focusing their ads on getting them that, that top position, uh, at the end of the first year, um, we were able to get 118% year-over-year growth. And this is on a publicly traded company. Um, so they had a lot of sales to begin with. Um, and their average return on ad spend um, during that time was between $12.54 and $14.14. So that's a really good ROAS. Um, that top-line increase... Uh, they went through and they got an, another round of investors and that top line uh, increase helped get them an additional $40 million in an additional uh, investment round. 
So, you know, and, you know, the, even just on that first month, we increased their monthly revenue from about 375,000 to 548,000, um, with a 46% month over month increase. So we were, and we did this without really increasing their ad costs or compromising their performance. So, you know, having those well-structured ads can really make the difference between how your ads are performing um, and it, having a strategy that says, this is what why we're going to do this. So we're going to take a temporary dip in this, uh, or we're going to pull back on advertising on these products because we're going to reallocate it to get this objective. Um, so if you're working with somebody who's ads, they're not getting those results, make them call, you know, like a, like a good game of pool, make them call their shots before they make them. It's really easy to look back and say, this is what we did, but make them say, this is what we're planning on doing. We're trying to focus on increasing your organic ranking. We think that by then we can do that. This is what, how much we think we would need to spend in order to get that result. And, you know, and, and make sure that they're clear, like, you know, I will not feel that this is successful unless we're getting at least, you know, a a ROAS of, it needs to be at least six or it needs to be five. And, you know, 12, a $12 ROAS might not be reasonable for your product set. Um, So talk with them and whoever's running your ads, or if you're, you're doing them, you know, talk with yourself uh, Mm -hmm. and, and really look at, you know, what, what works for you and what's realistic. Well, in a lot of the companies that I work with, I just see them putting more and more dollars into advertising, thinking all the top line is where it's all at. And, you know, you know, as well as I do, <laughs> the top line is is a vanity number. Um, what can you do to help uh, companies or what can they do if they're managing it themselves to lower their advertising cost over time? Well, you know, I sound, sometimes I feel like I say that listing optimization can't be play a big role in that because that if you can increase your conversion rate, you don't have to drive as much traffic to get as many sales. So um, sometimes that can be anything you can do to help your conversion rate. Sometimes that's a clippable coupon. And, you know, there t- we actually are just running another test where we've been kind of running at different advertising levels. Um, you know, if we cut back on the advertising, but add the coupon, you know, what yields more sales? Um, you know, keeping an eye on that total advertising cost of sale. Um, and then, you know, looking at ranking campaigns can sometimes be really beneficial. Um, we had another fairly large company that, um, let's say that they were doing garlic salt. It wasn't garlic salt, but let's say it was, you know, they were, but their product was doing well, good sales for the, their brand name and for like the, the, you know, the name they had for their product. But for garlic salt, it, it wasn't even really indexing when we first took them on as a client. So we first focused on getting them indexed for really important keywords. And then we really focused all the advertising on that particular keyword because we knew it had a lot of volume. And we knew because of the brand affinity that they had, that they'd be able to dominate um, once they got that. So we focused on getting them to the first position. And then we cut the ads in half and the organic sales just went through the roof. It was, and it consistently, it was able to stay that way. So ranking campaigns for the product that's exceeding customers' expectations uh, can be really great. Uh, and then also looking at new ad types, you know, a lot of times people just focus on sponsored products, but when Amazon rolls out a new advertising um, type, so, um, you know, they're talking about like doing something with Amazon 
test that and then retest it again six months later because usually there's a lower adoption rate on those products until you know somebody comes on a YouTube channel and says, oh, you guys got to get on video ads. People aren't using that. And so the CPCs are going to be a lot lower. Uh, and it can be a great place uh, to kind of get uh, a lot of advertising uh, visibility without the same spend that you might have on sponsored products. If you have brand registry, utilize those sponsored brand ads because you have competitors that don't have trademarks or haven't utilized brand registry uh, that aren't going to have access or knowledge how to run those ads. Okay. Okay. Well, um, Robin, you've given so many great pointers. Um, what can you do to kind of sum it up for folks that are that are struggling, trying to get a handle on their advertising? You know, hire help, um, especially if it's not your natural skill set. And if you are naturally good at ads or you're naturally good at marketing, then hire out the logistics part or the other part that if your business that's not good, you need to be realistic about how much time you have to put into each of these parts of your business. Uh, if you are working with an agency, make sure you're the squeaky wheel, like a respectful squeaky wheel. Uh, so, you know, uh, you don't want to be annoying, but you do want to make sure that they're clear on what objectives you need to hit, that, that those goals are realistic. And then you've talked about those together kind of as a, a marketing team. Um, and then, you know, talking about what clear, uh, you know, what those what those timelines are and, and what you really need to see them hit. Um, and, you know, make sure that you're really being proactive about how you're allocating those budgets, how you're looking at the logistics and how you're looking at your external marketing and distribution off Amazon and how that plays a role. And your agency, the agency that you're working with should be able to kind of help you navigate that. Uh, if, if if you're doing it on your own, then, you know, really think about how this impacts that. So how are those, how is that off Amazon distribution going to affect your buy box percentage and things along those lines and start be thinking about that before it becomes a problem, especially as you're expanding out into retail. Okay. So many great tips. Um, Thank you, Robin, for for sharing all of that great information. And we're going to go now to a five-minute fix that you can um, can get started and just make a difference today. Hi, this is Cindy Thomason with your five-minute fix. In the past, we've talked about creating a separate bank account for your inventory. Now, this kind of goes along with that idea. So if you did that, then this is something you want to do in addition to the bank account. Many of my clients love having their credit cards. So in addition to having a bank account for inventory, I recommend that you have a credit card for inventory and you use those two tools together so that as you're spending money on your credit card, you can look at what your balance is and compare that to the balance that you have for your uh, inventory bank account. If you see that you're starting to spend well more than what you have in your inventory bank account, that's a big red flag. You're starting to actually go in debt. So use those two tools together. Um, You can still keep your points that way. I know we all love getting our points for our miles and all of that. You can still um, use the credit cards in that way. But by designating one for inventory, first of all, it makes it really a lot easier for your bookkeeper. They can see what the items are for and and, and know um, easily um, how to get them in the right category. But it also will give you the 
uh, profit first tool of being able to compare what your balance is like on your credit card to your bank account and know that you're staying within what you can afford. So that's your five minute fix for today. I hope that gives you um, some good ideas of how you can start to use your credit cards in a way that is um, better for your business. Thank you for listening to the Process to Ecom Profits podcast. Make sure you subscribe to get updates for new episodes. Leave a review, and one lucky winner each month will win a one-hour call with your choice of our hosts, a value of over $300. Keep listening to hear the winner announced on the first show of the month. You can contact our hosts by using the Contact Us form at processtoecomprofits.com. You can also find the contact information of our hosts and show guests in the show notes for each episode. 